Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey Is. I am. How you feeling? I can sense you're in a good mood. I'm in a great mood. I'm just excited to be here and I'm ready to dive right in. <laughs> okay, me too. <laughs> I feel like you specifically have been waiting longer than I have to talk about the Beverly Hills trailer because I got a little bit of it out of my system when we talked about the Scott element on the regular podcast, but you did not have that yet. So I'm very excited on both of our behalfs, but maybe a little bit more yours. I'm like not okay. <laughs> no. Was that one of the best trailers in trailer history? Like, I don't want to be dramatic and say yes, but in recent history and memory, I think because we've been so curious, just the attitude and the tone of what it will feel like, this was like unbelievable to me. The editing, we got the fun element, we got an introduction to the housewives and kind of laying the groundwork of who is feuding and where everybody stands with everything. And I mean, that's all you could ask for. Well, my concern was that they weren't really going to play into the Erica Jane element as much as we all wanted them to. So the fact that that was really the main focus of the trailer was like music to my ears. Yes, that's exactly what it was. I mean, this came out last week and I feel like I've seen it forever. There was a time where we didn't even know if it would be covered, if she would speak about it on camera. So to see her so candidly speaking to Garcelle and them being comfortable to ask her questions about her divorce and where, you know, did you see this coming? Even just the little snippets of what we saw in the trailer to know that those kind of questions are coming up at group dinners and like scenes that they're filming. Imagine what else we're going to get. Right. Exactly. Honestly, let's just dive right in. So quickly, let me explain to you guys how this is going to go down. And then I just want to keep talking about Beverly Hills because- Okay. I forgot. <laughs> I know. No, same. First, we're just going to do a little Beverly Hills, a little news discussion. Then we're going to do Jersey, Atlanta. And then we had Paige DeSorbo on from Summer House. And we basically did our entire recap with her. Like We watched the screener an hour before we had her on and we kind of just talked very casually. So that will go at the end. But Let's get back to this Beverly Hills thing because I first want to bring up a theory that I've seen circulating and you and I have not spoken about it, okay? Yes. So you know how in the very beginning, they start with Dorit asking the group, let's play two truths and a lie, yes? Yes. Okay. A theory that is circulating online is that the way that they did the editing was them trying to tell us something because you see after that happened, Erica in three different settings. The first is when she says, I did not see it ending this way. The second is when Garcelle asks her, did you have a heads up? Is that why you got divorced? And she says no, although she's nodding yes. And then the third question that somebody asked her was, did you know any of this? So people are thinking that one of those was a lie. Interesting. I've seen the conversation just based on what the little trailer that we saw, and I think there was one commercial on Bravo last night, people are feeling that the editing will lead towards the side of 
her as like a guilty person and that they're kind of exposing her and making her not making her look bad but there is some stylistic choices in the editing that happens and I think that it's not necessarily going to be in her favor I honestly don't know I really don't feel like secure enough in my position to even decide one way or another but I will say the second question when Garcelle asked her did you have a heads up is that why you got divorced just strictly from like a body language perspective she was nodding and saying no. And so that was kind of interesting to me. The whole thing is interesting. I I just, I can't believe how involved it's going to be. I mean, people were, when it first happened, we were all questioning, will she even talk about it? Will she say, I can't talk about it? Will it be just like a big disappointment? But it seems from what we've seen, I mean, this could be like that. We could have already seen a huge chunk of it, but I just feel like there's going to have to be way more. Yes, absolutely. And even in the one scene when she's sitting with Sutton at the dinner and you see them get into it, she says, don't talk to me like that. And Erica says, or what? In the course of that dinner, because a little bit later on, you see tears streaming down her face. Clearly her emotions were seriously heightened. And so I guess something that I'm curious about is how much of the drama may happen that's not directly regarding what's going on with Tom. However, the way she's reacting to other situations are just heightened as a result of it. I don't know. Right. And like I said, actually, because I'm rewatching Beverly Hills, I'm on a season where there's a it's Dorit's first season and there's a whole conversation around when Eileen Davidson lost her mother the day before a reunion and she didn't tell anyone and they were they're kind of going back and forth of like well is that fair and how that affects your decisions and how that affects you as a person you know you be maybe more offended or easily offended if you're going through something like that that's what it feel like for this she's under so much pressure and stress and like we've said a million times the headlines are coming out as they're filming and while she's dealing with other shit that's inevitably going to go on Like, she's in such a fragile state. And honestly, from this trailer, I think Sutton is really almost taking, like, a Lisa Rinna spot in being the pot stirrer and bringing up things that other people maybe were too timid to bring up. Because she is, like, the drama star of the show. Didn't you feel that way? Yes. Well, those are the reports that we had heard circulating before we even saw the trailer. And then... I mean, when I think back to when this Erica news was breaking and you and I were talking about it, that was something that I think you said, not regarding Sutton, but regarding the other women, that you felt maybe they would take a back seat to their issues with her because they recognize what she had going on. And so if that happens, it would make a lot of sense and I totally get it. But then you have to think, okay, well then how does that play out for the rest of the group? Because then there's more drama to happen with less people in a way. I know. And then there's also a part of me that's like maybe – They went into it saying, you know what, let's give her a little bit of a pass. I can't imagine going through what she's going through. But if she does something bad enough to them, they're not going to take it. So who knows? I mean, we're going to find out. They're Kathy Hilton in that lampshade hat showing Sutton around a $53 million house is literally my wet dream. I mean, no. Kathy Hilton being on this show is everything I could have ever wanted. I know people have mixed opinions on it, but for me, I'm really so here for it. I have no mixed opinions. I mean, in the trailer to see Kathy Hilton telling Kyle Richards that Kim changed her number pretty much told me everything we needed to know. That Kim is on good terms with Kathy, which has pretty much been the story since the beginning. Obviously, they ebb and flow consistently. 
but we don't really know where they are right now. Like Kyle doesn't open up so much about Kim. So now to have Kathy in the mix and we haven't seen their dynamics so upfront without Kim kind of centered in the middle, this goes like really, really, really deep. Yeah. And the other thing about it is, like you said, it's not that Kyle is speaking about this so openly in general, but if she's talking to one of the other women about it, I don't want to say she can spin it more in her favor, but it's only really her perspective. Whereas when she's talking to Kathy about it, she doesn't have that same luxury. So just by nature of that, it becomes a more honest conversation, not because she was lying or being untruthful, but it completely changes the entire dynamic when you're talking to somebody who's in the exact same position as you. Yeah, like she had the luxury of being the narrator of the situation and always having it be her platform. And when Kim wasn't on the show, she could kind of speak freely more about her issues when she was filming her show, American Woman, which was about her family and the sisters were having a lot of issues with that. We only really saw from her perspective. We heard things in the media and in other ways on social media, but it was like from Kyle's perspective is pretty much all we knew. So I feel like maybe now she's like, oh shit, now I have a sister back. Like I can't, I have to be even more honest. Not that I think she's lying, but it's just kind of putting it all out on the table now. Again. Oh, exactly. In a totally different way that I could understand if that maybe she has a little bit of a hesitation regarding that. Kathy Hilton being on the show is so groundbreaking in a way. And like, she's obviously not Chris Jenner, but in a lot of ways, she's very much so like Chris Jenner. Yeah. I mean, listen, when Lisa Rinna joined, when Eileen Davidson joined, clearly it's not the same level of fame, but they were famous before the show. And that added a whole different vibe as well. Similar to Camille, different, but similar. Same thing with Garcelle. But you take that a step further when it's Kathy Hilton. I just think that name carries such weight. Right. Like that is a fucking housewife of Beverly Hills right there. Right. That is like basically what the entire Housewives of Beverly Hills franchise could have been inspired by hypothetically. Like Paris Hilton's mom is a housewife. That's crazy. What's crazy when you think about it is that Paris and Nicole started on reality television and now Paris is no longer on reality television and her mom is? What? I know. And then there was that whole thing where I think, did we talk about this where Paris and Nikki were on Paris's podcast and they were saying like, their mom didn't tell them that she was going to be a housewife and they had to read it one day and they kept asking her and she's like, no, no, no. And then it all of a sudden came out that there was an announcement that she was going to be on. I don't remember if we talked about it. We definitely did alone. I don't know if we did on the podcast, but yeah, it's so funny. So funny. So I know Julie and I kind of got this out of our systems a little bit, but I want to give you the chance about the Scott mention and how that went down with Amelia and Lisa and then Kyle's kind of interjection. What are your immediate thoughts? Okay, so I'll give it from a less Kardashian perspective and more from a like Lisa Rinna Kyle perspective. Yes. I didn't know if this would be covered, but because I know Lisa Rinna and how she is, and she's she's self-proclaimed is shameless. Mm -hmm. And she will put anything out there and she loves like the attention and she loves the drama. So, you know, she honestly in this situation, I feel like she can dish it out and take it because she would want to bring it up if someone else's kid was in this kind of drama. So you know what? She's going to put it all out there. And it's not like her kids are super private. They're influencers. They're models. It's out there anyway. And 
I think her reaction is really telling. I think Amelia whispering it on FaceTime is super interesting. And I think when Kyle is saying he's too old and Lisa Rinna saying, I know that, like she probably isn't super into it. And I think the dynamic with Kyle and honestly with Kathy too will be super, super fascinating just because of their connection to Chris. And Kyle, I think, I don't know how, how close she is to the Kardashian kids, but there is a very strong relationship there. And I'm sure she's been around Courtney and the kids and like, it just must be really weird and awkward. And I wonder if Kris Jenner is asking her, calling her from filming and being like, what's the deal? Lisa Rinna, this is so weird. Like I would do anything to hear that conversation. Yes. That is exactly what I was trying to communicate to Julie on the show about how like this is not just your average mom whose daughter is dating an older guy talking to her friends about it because the really complicated layer is Kyle and Kathy's relationship to Scott's family. So it, it really, when you take a step back, it is just so much more layered than I think it is at first glance. And then on top of it, you know, to your first point about Lisa, Julie asked me, she said, I'm not a Bravo watcher. I have no idea. Did you think that this was going to be featured? And I said the same thing as you. I really hoped, but I honestly didn't know. But now that I'm thinking about it and we're having this conversation, Lisa Rinna is doing everything in her power, self-proclaimed, to get herself a phenomenal storyline. And you want to know something? Talk about content everybody wants to see. Yes, but I maybe thought they would bring something up or it'd be mentioned, but I didn't think it would make the trailer, not that she has control over that. I think that's someone really smart at Bravo who's trying to hit every demographic possible. But I didn't know if his name was specifically going to be brought up and that it would be a conversation amongst the women instead of just kind of like a a small thing that Kyle and Rinna talk about over lunch and then it's over. Like, what are you going to do? But it seems like it's going to be way more part of Lisa's storyline. Kyle is in a really hard position because as much as she loves Lisa Rinna and they really, I think, are in a really good place and they get along as of right now, at the end of the day, her allegiance is totally to Kris Jenner. Like that is her real life bestie. Her and Faye and Kris Jenner are best friends. Cameras on, cameras off. So I think she must feel like she's in a really sticky situation, not being friends with Lisa. I don't think Chris or anyone would ever say you can't be friends with Lisa Rinna, but just like what she hears, what she repeats, what she knows. I mean, I was watching an old episode of Beverly Hills last night where Kyle and her daughter and Rinna and Delilah and Amelia are in New York together. And they're like talking about dating apps and Amelia is literally making fun of Delilah because she matched with some like 35 year old guy on a dating app. And she's saying like, Delilah, it's so weird. Like you're 19 and you're like looking for a 35 year old guy. Like it's so weird. And I was like, holy fucking foreshadow. Oh my God. How the tables have turned. I know. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And the thing is, I want to make it clear just that we're on the same page about this. I don't find, or I wouldn't imagine that Lisa and Chris have any sort of bad blood because it's not either of their faults. Like, I don't think, honestly, either party is thrilled with their child. And I know Scott isn't technically Chris's child's choice, but they can't really do anything about it. No, no, no. That's the thing. It's not like there's some major feud. They're just dating and Scott has dated plenty of people before that have been linked to. Like, I think if Lisa Rinna was at a cocktail party with Kris Jenner at 
Kyle's Palm Springs house, they would probably kiss and say hi and laugh, whatever. Who knows what's gone down behind the scenes? It's not so much a fight as it is just awkward. And I think Kyle is the kind of person where if she heard info about Scott would feel so uncomfortable knowing something and then knowing Chris's relationship. I don't know. It's just really, really complicated dynamics, but I have never been so excited to see something play out, truly. Really quickly, fantasy scene that's never going to happen, but can I tell you? Please, obviously. Okay. Kyle, Chris, and Lisa sitting, having a drink, and Lisa and Chris together being like, what are we going to do with these crazy kids? Like just together talking and kind of bonding over how not down both of, they both are for this relationship because of the age difference. Could you fucking imagine? Yeah. I think Chris would not feel like it's her place to say that because I feel like Courtney wouldn't want that. Yeah. But I think Lisa Rinna is so – she's she's so who she is, but she's so self-aware of it to be like – She's fucking insane and like laugh about it and not feel like her daughter would be mad at her. I don't know. I literally don't know. That is a dream scenario. I also would love like a Faye, Chris, <gasps> Kyle lunch in Palm Springs, like pre-gaming before all the ladies come over and they have a party at Kyle's house and Lisa Rinna's there and they like Faye stirs the pot. Like that would be my dream. Okay, wait, that's amazing. I've totally forgot about the Faye Resnick insertion. Yes. I mean, and if there's one person you want to come stir the pot, it's Faye fucking Resnick. Yeah, wow. That is television gold. I don't think we're going to get it, but collectively, let's all put a prayer up. I'm putting that on my manifest list for <laughs> I was going to say, add it to the list when we do it later. <laughs> it's like world peace, next bullet. <laughs> Faye Resnick comes and stirs the pot between Lisa Rinna and Chris Jenner. <laughs> you should see mine. <laughs> okay. Oh Wait. my god. Final thing about this trailer that we have to talk about is we've been talking about this trailer for twenty minutes. We What's gonna at- happen when the episodes come out? I'm scared. <laughs> we literally sat here for thirty minutes before we started recording, saying that this was the time that we're gonna be on a timetable, and we are physically incapable. <laughs> yeah. No, we've gone rogue. Okay, between Sutton and Crystal, it seems from what we've seen that they are really going at it. I mean, the ugly leather pants has already been quoted. I I saw merch with it already. I can't decide yet, and I never want to kind of think of maybe what the plot will be because we don't know. It just seems like something they offended each other. They just got off on like a really bad foot. We don't know if they were friends before either. So I just don't know, but like I'm loving her already and I'm loving Sutton having a diamond. I think Crystal's hilarious on social media. She's already like poking fun at herself and interacting with everybody, which I appreciate so much. So I'm so fucking excited. We shall see. I'm going to tell you guys, we're getting to the point in Jersey, Atlanta, and honestly, Summer House too, where it's kind of winding down and this is what we always talk about, how cyclical and genius, the, the really the, I would say, genius level cycles that Bravo puts us through because we are right now getting slightly bored to the point where Beverly Hills is going to feel like the greatest gift. Right. Next thing we quickly wanted to talk about was so brief, but obviously, as you all saw, JLo and A-Rod have announced their breakup and Page Six reached out to Madison and all she said was, quote, I wish them the best. This is the most classic Madison thing ever. It is like 
celebrity 101. When you, if you're like, you don't want to stir the pot or make headlines, make it about yourself, you don't respond or you say no comment or you, they say, you know, Madison LaCroix couldn't be reached for comment. Literally, it says they page six reached out about the split, announcing the split. And she said, I wish them the best because she knew that that would make those. What is it? Five words would make headlines. We're talking about it right now. So she's doing something right. Well, yeah, we talk about a lot of shit, but that it went farther than us. (laughs) It did go farther than us. I don't know. I really just in just very and just something to think about you guys. Yeah, just throw it in your thoughts. Okay, we just wanted to also announce, would you like to explain? The Watch What Happens Live week of specials? I would love to. Basically, we knew about the child kids of Housewives special. We spoke about it last week. We still haven't figured out who called. But what we didn't realize is that that was part of a much larger picture where Watch What Happens Live is doing a whole week of special episodes starting on May 3rd. They're doing a blast from the past episode where they have cast members from Ladies of London, NYC Prep, fucking Gallery Girls, and Millionaire Matchmaker. They have the full Real Housewives of New York cast. They have the Real Housewives of New Jersey Real House Husband special, which is very funny because they heard our prayers last week where we said we wanted a show about them. Yes. They have a blast from the past housewives episode with Jacqueline Larita, Gretchen Rossi, Jill Zarin, Phaedra Parks, Taylor Armstrong, so many other people. I think some of the Miami housewives. And then last but not least, the real house kids of Bravo. And interesting in this press release, Portia Umansky was included that she'll be making an appearance. So I think that got people talking that Kyle was the one that called. It just doesn't seem like her, but anything is possible. She posted on her story, like doing kind of what Rinna did of uh, it wasn't me, but like, it's honestly not that embarrassing at this point. It's just funny. And I cannot wait to watch all of these. It's going to be epic. And we'll obviously recap it the week after. Yes. And the one other thing is last week on the episode when we were talking about who the housewife is, I said Shannon Bedore. You said you really didn't know. Some people agreed with me about Shannon. However, I would say 99% of the inboxes said, I absolutely love her, but guys, don't you think it was Jill Zarin? And honestly, now that you brought it up, I fucking love Jill. I fucking love Allie. Wouldn't be surprised. Jill was on, I think, Jeff Lewis's radio show on Radio Andy, and they didn't bring it up. So- we still don't know. My heart is saying Jill Zarin and Danielle Stubb. A lot of people had that sentiment too in our poll, but oh my God, I just want to fucking know. I hope Andy brings it up in like a funny way on the episode. The reason I don't think it would have been Danielle Staub is because I don't foresee Christine or Jillian wanting to do it, honestly. Right. Well, we'll see you guys. We shall see. Okay. You want to start with Jersey? Yeah, let's get into Jersey. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but My two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be, are mascara and lip gloss. Maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy. But honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. 
It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. Listen, really enjoyable to watch, but nothing happened. (laughs) I know. We kind of were going through the outline, like waiting to find like the sweet spot and it just ended. Right. So we're not going to recap the parts that don't even need a discussion. Like, I think if we want to touch on one thing from the Melissa and Joe element, I do love seeing them happy. Like, I don't care the drama that comes from them fighting. I know a lot of people thought that it was overly dramatized. I would much rather see them so seemingly happy and in love. And I would watch that type of dinner 10 out of 10 times over them storming away from each other at the Jersey Shore. Right. Only because I know how much they really do love each other. And I think genuinely in my heart that they belong together. I just want them to be on the same page. Joe Gorga just needs like a little bit of reality check, which I think Melissa did kind of give him of like, I'm not a different person. We're just in a different phase of our lives and we don't have toddlers running around the house and I'm not cooking a meal when you come home from work. Things are different and we still love each other the same. And I don't want to feel like it's a different marriage. We're just different. Right. And the only thing that I wanted to just mention about that is clearly, I mean, we've spoken about this a million times, how the way that Joe views all this stuff is completely antiquated and like we are so on Melissa's side and we want her to be an individual and working and that you guys know. The one thing that I don't know if we really spoke about was a few episodes ago when Joe said in his confessional, basically something to the effect of like the fame has gone to her head. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I just wonder, is it a fair question to ask if him wanting this old traditional way is a separate factor from him feeling like the fame has gone to her head or is one being used as a cover for what he really wants? Because I don't think it's the craziest thing to think that the two exist and those are two separate conversations. I think it kind of goes hand in hand. It's like the overall lifestyle, when he says go to her head, her now going from just being a stay-at-home mom and not really feeling necessarily fulfilled, even she says Joe was the boss, to now kind of having this celebrity and her own businesses and doing her own thing and feeling validated on her own and important on her own and more of an equal to him, I think he kind of realizes that she got that fuel because of her fame. Like Mm -hmm. it all, I think, falls under the same umbrella, but that was interesting to hear him say. And I mean, I think anyone would say the fame has gone to her head. I think Teresa's probably said that and the fame has gone to Teresa's head just as much, if not more. 
Yeah. I guess on a certain level, it's hard for it not to maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I know this isn't like really a major storyline here, but I just wanted to say that I was really happy that Dolores documented her biopsy process and just talking about how important it is to go for your mammograms because so many women do not go either out of fear or just forgetfulness. And it is the most important thing in the world. Literally the reason that I had 10 extra years with my mom was because her the first time she got cancer, it was caught before even stage one. It was like stage zero. And that was only because of the mammogram. So I really echo that sentiment and just another reminder to anyone listening. <laughs> yeah. Take care of yourself. Dolores's message of she takes care of others and not herself. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Okay. This medium night, that was my dream. I love a psychic medium housewives episode. They need to do like a full marathon of every psychic episode that have has been on Bravo because there is just something about it. I will take that over a huge party. I'll take it over a trip. I'll take it over an escape room. I'll take it over a reunion. They This brings something out and bonds the group in such a way. I recognize that in Salt Lake City, it wasn't a psychic. It was a hypnotherapist. However, I couldn't help but draw a side-by-side in my mind of just the completely different tone because one was so drama-centric and the other one was so deep and emotional. And I... I Really loved both for different reasons. I love them all. Some are psychic, some are mediums, some are whatever it is. Just that overall like feeling of therapy and bonding and spiritual is always, always good. This one overall, I think, was the most kind of like sweet. And I do think it really bonded them in such a special way. Hearing about their family members that have passed on and seeing them so vulnerable. Even Dolores looks at Teresa and she's like, have you ever even seen me cry like this? And they've been friends for how 40 years? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I have been to my fair share of mediums and I definitely am going to see her. So when I do, I will report back to you guys. But it's, it is kind of rare, at least in my experience, for somebody to speak with that level of specificity as it applies to names. Like they'll say E names or they'll, they'll describe it. But to say Dolores's dog's exact name, I mean, that sends a jolt through your body. And I know exactly how she felt in that moment because they've said things to me where I'm like, wait a damn minute. Like when I got on and the first thing she said to me was, your mom just wants me to say your dad has cardiac issues and he's not taking care of it. And I was like, how the fuck did you just know he had AFib yesterday? You know? Right. (laughs) And I could feel though, people who are kind of doubters saying, well, you're on reality TV, you know, one Google of Teresa, you would know that her parents passed away and their names and everything like that. So I thought it was funny in a later scene when Jackie's kind of explaining it to her family at Rosh Hashanah saying, you know, I've never posted one thing about grandma. I've never mentioned her name anywhere. And that was who this medium brought up to me, which, you know, that's also like a little bit of a fourth wall thing, because then it made me happy that it felt like the women really believed it themselves. Yeah. And you know, I will say with this type of stuff, it is so personal. And for some people, it's a religious thing, which is why like I always say, however you feel about that, you are so, so, so entitled to. However, something that really doesn't sit right with me is like if somebody is telling you about their experience and they clearly felt really fulfilled and validated by it, I I think to keep your skepticism to yourself in that moment as it applies to their experience is like really the kind thing to do. You just had this experience where you feel like you were connecting with a loved one who had passed away. I don't know. If I'm Jackie, I don't think that I need Evan saying, well, there's a lot of grandmothers with the name Esther. Like, just let her have her fucking moment. (laughs) 
Like every Jewish mother's name is Esther. You know what no, I, mean? I know. Like- I know. I know. Just let her have it. And like, regardless of what it means or if you feel like it's real or not, she felt like she had a special connection moment. And that's all that matters. Right. Only last thing I want to mention from the medium night is when it kind of came out about Teresa's love life. I didn't realize how much Melissa was keeping the secret because at this point I didn't realize that Louis was her boyfriend necessarily. And I don't know, I'm a sucker for any sort of camaraderie or secrecy or like sisterhood between Melissa and Teresa. So even though this was going on under the table and nobody knew that it was their own little secret, I just kind of loved it. That was my favorite part of this whole night. I was so happy to see Melissa be so like loyal to Teresa. And obviously it's over something so small, but I think Teresa really appreciated that. And she felt like her secret is safe with Melissa and she wasn't going around talking about it, just respecting Teresa's wishes, I guess, until it was something more than that. I mean, maybe she didn't want to tell her daughters or go public, like who knows whatever her reasons were. So I kind of loved that moment where Teresa and Melissa make eye contact and it's like, Ooh, secrets out. Like I know know something that they don't know. And I, I, you're right. I loved that because I think they need little things like that to keep the foundation of their relationship at all, even there. Yes. And I will say that I really appreciate them doing this at Teresa's house because, you know, that house is no longer in the Bravo family. So I want as many scenes there as physically possible. I know. I'm going to miss that big old great room with no furniture in it. (laughs) Nothing in it. Yeah. Last plot point of this episode was everything that's going on with Jennifer's parents. And you and I haven't even spoken about this at all, but I guess I just want to say like, I feel this is a little bit above my pay grade in terms of I just don't feel comfortable evaluating what's going on in Jennifer's parents' marriage. Like, I only really feel comfortable talking about it as it applies to Jennifer because I think there's real serious deep hurt on both sides. And, like, it was so clearly impactful to her mother to hear Jennifer say to her, I just want you to know whatever you feel happened, I believe you and I validate that and I'm here for you. Her mother has probably been yearning for her to say that. Regardless of what Jennifer actually thinks, when you feel as though you were in an abusive relationship, for your daughter to then say, I hear you, I see you, like, can you imagine what that must have felt like to her mom? No, I think that was a really great moment for them. You're right. This is just above our pay grade. And I think we have to pay more attention to it just in terms of here's what Jennifer is going through at home and dealing with and understanding everybody's lives like there is layered other shit going on and you know seeing her daughter cry like that really broke my heart to see when her grandparents were fighting and she was upset I just think like it's a really sad and tough situation and honestly I give Jennifer kudos she hasn't been on the show that long and she's given a really deep look into like deep family issues she doesn't hold back and that's something that you have to give her credit for and also it was really beautiful to hear how her mom speaks about Bill just because you know that's all you could ever really want right you want your parents to think so highly and have so much respect for the person you choose to spend your life with so for her mom to be so happy with her choice in life partner like I'm sure that that feels really good oh she's like literally in love with Bill yeah I get it look he's a great guy Aside from being a great guy and so great to her daughter, like look at what he's helped to provide for the fa- the whole family. Yeah, it's true. You know? Anything else you want to mention from Jersey? No, next week looks amazing and I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I'm having the best time. Wait, did I tell you this? When Julie and I were recording this week's episode. 
the Kardashians, which was like a terrible episode. And we were like, how are we going to do this? At the end of us recording, Julie was like, can you believe that we just made this into 50 minutes? And I was like, that is why every single time I record a podcast, whether it's with you or Isabel, at the end, I say to myself, how do people host a podcast with somebody who's not their best friend? Because like, imagine if it's a shitty week in Bravo, and then also you have to worry about having chemistry with your co-host. Yeah, I mean, we could literally have just done an hour and a half on the Beverly Hills trailer, so I can't relate. <laughs> I can't, hashtag can't relate. Hashtag can't relate. I mean, I FaceTime you when I come home from CVS to show you what I got, so I just like, <laughs> it's just impossible to relate. I know. Okay, let's take a break and we'll come back with Atlanta. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, moving on to Atlanta. Honestly, this candy and Todd restaurant tasting last week, we left saying this is going to be the biggest blow up. We feel the tension coming and it went pretty smoothly. (laughs) Okay. It went very smoothly. And I want to talk about that in a second because I was shocked at the way that Marlo kind of switched up. But remember how last week we started the Atlanta section by saying that we were thoroughly confused? Yes. Or two for two, or at least I'm two for two in terms of confusion. Well, the web just keeps getting spun. The real problem here is- (laughs) Tell me. What is the problem? Tell me. (laughs) There's already a lot of cast members. And then there's also so many friends of, and all of these like, sub characters that just keep popping in who we have to like completely learn about in the like last hour. Right. It's like, how do you want me to evaluate Prophet Lot's character when I just met him five minutes ago and I'm not that fond of Toya as is. Meanwhile, we're talking about a christening that I didn't even know he was blessing. I'm just really trying to keep up with myself and with what plots are going on because it's moving really fast, even for a pro. Well, I think that honestly, the reason that we feel confident in our analysis of these things typically is because we feel like we have a good judge of who we're dealing with. So even when it gets complicated, it's like, okay, we know the key players really well. So when the key players are so new and we really don't know them at all, it just adds a layer of complication. This is like how we talk about a level two meme. Like I feel like, okay, we're on X Games mode right now. Well, the key players don't even end up being the key players. Like Cynthia Bailey is what we would consider a key player of the show, but she has nothing to do with any of the plots that are going on. It's literally about Prophet Lot and Drew's baby blessing where it's literally the whole show is based on right now or this episode at least was based on a friend of and 
this like guy who's making a cameo. Well, and they're talking about Danny and like, I've never met Danny in my life. How am I supposed to evaluate if what he's saying is true? <laughs> I'm sorry to this man. Yeah, I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> I've, never- <laughs> I've never seen him in my life. It's cool, Kiki Palmer. Yeah. Okay, let's back up for a second because, yeah, you're so right. Marlo just threw me for a loop. I was not expecting her to come in and kind of the opposite of guns blazing, just really on an apology tour. And it went very nicely. Well, very nicely until the liposuction back and forth. Well, yeah. The liposuction back and forth, though, would have been way messier if Marlo wasn't already saying, yeah, I get liposuction. I've got it before. It's not like she's saying, no, I've never had it. They were trying to catch her in a lie that she's already owning up to. Why would she decide now to lie about her third lipo? Right. And also, I just thought it was a little bit weird. And I don't know, like, please do not quote me on this. I clearly am not a doctor. But two days after liposuction, you're wearing a decent amount of garments. So I understand what Shamia was saying, but I don't think Marla would have been able to conceal it. I mean, a lot of times you have like drains. I don't know. You know? I just feel like, again, I think we spoke about this when we were talking about Salt Lake City when Andy was asking the plastic surgery question. Just feels a little bit like, let her do what she's going to do. Like, what difference does it make? Yeah, maybe she told a lie about it. She's either getting it before or after the trip. She's still going to get it. She's telling you she gets it. Like, what's the what's the harm? Also, specifically, as it applies to something like lipo, which clearly involves weight. Like, I don't care if it's a plastic surgery. To me, that's still a personal thing. And I felt like what was going on was Shamia and Portia were trying to play gotcha. And you know, I, I absolutely love Portia. But I was like, this isn't as good of a flex as you think think it is. Yeah, like they wanted to catch her and she was just owning up to it. So it almost invalidated their whole thing. And then they just were digging the hole deeper and deeper when it didn't need to be at all. Right. Okay. You want to move on to Drew and Ralph's conversation because this is the part where if we're trying to approach this at all, like intellectually, I guess we need to make sure our foundation is strong. And this is the only place where the foundation was laid. Yes. Okay. Tell me if I got this right, okay? Yes. This is when they're having the conversation and Drew is telling Ralph that Toya had too much to drink at Shamia's and that is when Drew wanted her to get home safe so she had her assistant Danny give her a ride. They started talking and Danny invited Toya to a revival with Profit Lot. So at this point, Drew has never introduced Toya to Profit Lot. The only reason that Toya has any connection to him is through Danny, correct so far? Yes. Okay. The backstory to this is that Danny had also introduced Drew to Profit Lot. So he always was the connector, but this was years ago. And after that, this Profit kind of became a very integral part of their family. That's why he had the plan to do the baby blessing for their daughter, right? So just keep in mind, the only thing you really need to know here is that Danny was the same one that introduced Drew to him. And over the years, they've definitely formed this close relationship. Okay. So jumping from like zero to a fucking hundred, Drew then hears that Toya went to dinner and breakfast with Profit Lot, thinks they're in a relationship. And according to Profit Lot, he's just really helping her to find God. The side note here is that he has a baby and a fiance. And according to Drew, Latoya is still married. And so 
based on what Drew thinks and maybe has slight confirmation is going on, she no longer feels comfortable with Prophet Lot doing the baby blessing. Is that accurate thus far? Yes, that was accurate. And as the episode kind of developed, I realized that Drew's whole attitude about not having Prophet Lot do the baby blessing was like that there was a lot of discussion, I think, amongst the community and people that she knows of what was going on and kind of whispers of Toya and the prophet together. And it was less about like, oh, he's in a relationship with Toya. I can't have him versus there's so many rumors going on right now about what's going on with him and with his wife who we may or may not know. And she just felt like she couldn't do that and bring the drama. But I think then hearing the women's perspective on it a little bit later they felt she was being a little bit dramatic. I didn't feel like I was in a position to judge that because I don't think we know enough. And also we don't know how heavily discussed this was around them and how embarrassing maybe it really was. But then when we hear everyone else later say, just find someone else or just let him do it. And when we hear from him later, it kind of changed my perspective. Okay. Yes. And I want to go deep in that in a second, but I feel like we have to get through a few things to get there. But I need to just clarify another level of my confusion that maybe as you're talking, I'm realizing I could have been alone in. When Drew was talking about it with Ralph before she brought it to the group, I thought she was saying he no longer is willing to do it. I didn't realize when she said he can't do it anymore, he's not doing it anymore, that she meant based on her own perception of the situation and that was her decision because she didn't feel comfortable. I thought she was saying that he now personally is saying he can't. That's why I was so confused initially. Yeah, right. That was a very confusing element to it. So now they go to this event that Cynthia and Portia were putting on to help support Black-owned businesses in the area. And we first see Drew just kind of like tell Candy and Cynthia relatively casually that she's postponing the baby blessing because there's been too much drama. And she, again, I would say relatively casually says that By the way, Toya didn't come to the restaurant opening because she was with the prophet. And literally a minute later, when Toya gets there and her and Candy are talking and Candy says to her, I've heard you got a new boyfriend. She's like, who? She's like, oh, it's, you know, I heard the prophet. And Toya's response is, I took his six-week program for life coaching and all of a sudden he's my damn boyfriend. So (laughs) I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I know. And then they also did like a little bit of an editing montage of Drew repeating the same story over and over to the people that she was telling. So it felt like she was really honing in and going deep on this. And then for Candy to just outright say it to Toya, and Toya's like, what the fuck did I miss? Right. And then to take it even a step further, when they go into the wine cellar and Drew's saying that she got a call that Toya was upset that Drew found out about her and the prophet. I was like, okay, now this has added another layer to this because now it's not just what's going on. It's also now, in her, according to her story, Toya is upset that she knows. So I'm like, okay, in my mind, I was like organizing this like a, you know, checkers. Not for nothing. I really do think there is something going on between Toya and the prophet, just based on Toya's kind of responses to everything and you could tell that she was trying to figure out the best way to play things as it was going down and being like she's such a drama queen I'm not entertaining her and just continuing to deny things and Drew is just ready to go and saying I heard you know 
my mom heard you at a hotel room and trying to pull out facts and what's going on. And I think Toya felt like if she just didn't entertain it, it would go away, but it didn't necessarily work that way. Well, here's my thing, right? Like in if you ask me on any given day who I like better, I, I typically like Drew better than Toya. And I do believe, Drew, that something is going on. I really do. That being said, I'm really glad that Candy was the one that spoke up because Drew keeps saying, you know, Toya is preying on the prophet. And like Candy was the one that was saying, okay, hold on a second, because if what you're saying really is true, how is this on Toya at all, but solely? Like what a woman blaming type situation here, especially if we really want to get into it. These are not two people that are on a leveled playing field. There's clearly a power dynamic at play. You go to somebody for a form of spiritual guidance and you know they clearly are revered as this high power and all of a sudden you're the one being criticized for engaging in some sort of a sexual situation. Again, I don't know exactly what went down, but I felt like Drew's hatred for Toya was overshadowing her logical perception of the situation because anybody looking at that, and again, I am not a Toya fan, but I look at that situation, I'm like, okay, who's preying on who here? If Drew and her family have been so close to Prophet Lot, as she's saying, he's been a part of our family, so close to us, someone we look up to, whatever, like she is not giving him any benefit of the doubt either or questioning his character of what's going on. Like she hates Toya that much that it's affecting the entire situation. Right. And unless I'm mistaken, which I absolutely could be because I'm still wrapping my head around all this, what authority did Drew hear it on that was so solid to the point where like that word is above anyone else's? And again, I'm not even saying that she's wrong. Based on the way that it all went down and the FaceTime, which we'll get into at Kenny's house, like I definitely think something is going on, but you're right that there was no like middle ground, which it's not that it's necessarily her fault, but I wish she kind of would have cited her source. Yeah, she just really came in like amped up about this. And I think it was because it affected her personally. I think she would have been pretty much just annoyed about it. But because her daughter's blessing that he was supposed to do, which now she can't do with him, it made it personal. She wouldn't have liked it, but this brought it home for her. Right. But again, I I go back to the point, and please tell me if I'm not understanding this clearly. The whole reason that Drew was saying that this no longer can be the case is because not only her and potentially Ralph, but also the people that she is closest to are now looking down on Profit Lot for engaging in this, theoretically, right? That's kind of what she's saying. Yeah. So how is that Toya's problem? Like, she jumped both of her points, I guess, individually, maybe are valid. She's upset that the baby blessing has to be delayed. And she's upset because she feels like Prophet Lot did something that was betraying his fiance and his baby at home, according to her. And clearly, she's not a fan of Toya, but like, this isn't really Toya's fault. I mean, she, he is just as much of a willing participant, if not more, if this is really happening. Right. And he's the one whose reputation is now affecting her blessing. But I think it's more of a see Toya, look what you fucking did. And it's just another excuse for Drew to just be mad at Toya. She doesn't like her. So why wouldn't she use this? Right. But here's my question, okay? If it, they found out that 
profit lot was, and again, I know he says he's not with his fiance, but just for the purpose of this conversation, if it came out that profit lot was cheating on his fiance with somebody completely random that Drew has never met, would it be this big of a deal? Would she cancel the baby blessing? That's what I want to know. I want to ask her that question and say no judgment either way. I just want you to answer honestly. I think it could be a yes. That's the thing. Right. I, I think also, honestly, the element that like isn't being discussed enough is Drew feels like she was doing a really nice thing when she offered to have Danny drive Toya home. And I think she feels like I do this one kind gesture and like, look at what it got me. Like, look at what you did to me, which again, I do think is a flawed view, but I think that that's where she's coming from. Yeah. And I don't know if Drew also had any relationship with Profit Lot's fiance where she feels some sort of allegiance that way. I don't know. There's obviously so much more that we just don't know. Like we said, that's what makes it a little bit more complicated to give our perspective. But I guess we're going to have to just see what goes down. Yeah, I mean, we will. So you want to go to Kenny's house? Yeah, let's let's go on over to Kenny's. We <laughs> heard breast reduction. It looked beautiful. It looked beautiful. I'm so happy for her. And it's very funny that Marlo keeps finding herself in this situation where she feels like she needs to kind of put on the hostess hat. Because if I was Kenya, and I feel like Julie's saying this, but if I was Kenya and I knew that people already had this perception of me and like it's almost become a joke that when they come to events that are hosted by me, there's not going to be food or drinks. Like I would make sure I had an abundance just to shut them up. Yeah. And that would be so Kenya to be like, see you bitches. Like you're talking so much shit about me. Here is a four course meal spread hors d'oeuvres, every drink you could think of. She just doesn't give a shit, I don't think. However, I will say I could feel the progress and how Marlo and Kenya are genuinely on good terms because even though Marlo didn't approve, she was just like laughing and ordered pizza and wings and I think was just happy to be there and having a good time, which I loved. The way that we love Teresa and Melissa having a little bit of a sisterly bond, that's how I feel about them. I do too, except for the difference is that when Melissa and Teresa do it, nobody is hurt in the process. Whereas for some reason, Portia now, there's some shit going on. I know. And that does upset me because I like Portia and Marlo's friendship. And honestly, if you said to me, if you could only choose one, I would choose Marlo and Portia to be friends over Marlo and Kenya because I trust Marlo's, this sounds like really fucking dramatic. I trust Marlo's heart more with Portia than I do with Kenya. Right. No, that's a fair point. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, also, Marlo pulling the Purell out of her Prada booth. If that's not, that should go, by the way, in the, like a Prada commercial or an Instagram ad because brilliant use of the boot pocket. And saying, I'm washing my hands with this situation. Yeah. And Prada got so much shit for those boots. They were obviously people absolutely loved them, but then there were so many memes made about like, what the fuck are you going to put in that pocket? You know what you're going to put in that pocket? Purell in the middle of a goddamn global pandemic. Yeah, seriously. I've never seen it used better. So just to really go full circle on the conversation about the christening, this is when they're filling in Kenya about what went down. And you can see, even as they're all trying to explain it, like whether Toya was there or not, everybody is very confused. They're just as confused as we are. (laughs) which is why I guess I feel less alone. I feel less alone. And like I was saying before, this just further validated to me because it was something else I was confused about of, I I get why Drew is taking this personally to a certain extent, but if her real concern is having this baby blessing it, messing up her plans and having to postpone it, like couldn't she have someone else do it? And 
if they're really that close, like there's got to be more to the story here. Him just like, I don't know, screwing around with Toya maybe wouldn't have to affect that. Like, I, I just have so many theories in my head. Yeah, so many theories. And this is when Toya says, I was in his program. He's not engaged. He's not in love with me. And who cares? He's not married and I'm getting a divorce. She needs to worry about what's going on in her own house. So like, she didn't really deny it. Nothing she says there denies it. She said, he's not engaged. He's not in love with me. And who cares? He's not married and I'm getting a divorce. None of those things really deny that they had some sort of a hookup. Again, they can do whatever they want. I don't care. I'm just saying. And then when they get him on a FaceTime? No. I was not prepared. I was not prepared for the face-to-face question Q&A with Profit Lot where Candy is taking the phone because she has more questions after Toya goes through hers. That was really a lot. Toya literally FaceTimes him and Toya goes, were you supposed to do a baby blessing for Drew Sedora's baby? And he says, I was asked to be a part of that and I never heard anything back from them. And I guess it was after some confusion came up concerning me advising you spiritually, which not for nothing. (laughs) Good way to really round about that profit lot. In my very limited experience with profits, I did feel the way that he maneuvered this to be relatively masterful by really... I'm talking expert level beating around the bush. Would you agree with that statement? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would. And I also felt there was a little bit of an element of he and Toya had played this out before. She wouldn't just FaceTime him out of thin air and feel comfortable with whatever he was about to say. Like they'd clearly done a little bit of rehearsal, a little bit of let's make sure we're on the same page about things and that we keep our story straight here. Exactly. I wanted to say to her, like, what? You think that we don't know that you and the prophet did a little role play? That's yeah. More ways than one, Toya. We're on to you. (laughs) (laughs) So Candy, um, you know, is really kind of getting into it with him, not in a bad way. She's just asking the hard-hitting questions. And she says, you already know that they accused you and Latoya of having some type of a relationship. I believe they actually said that you admitted to this. And he basically kind of responds by saying that the assistant was involved, who I believe was Danny, and he was messy. And so by virtue of that, the situation got messy, but that they've never had an intimate relationship. And on top of that, that he's not engaged and he hasn't been engaged for three years. I mean, you don't who's, uh, who's right? Because Drew is saying that she knows this man so well and that he's still engaged and has a baby at home. There's a very clear black and white answer here and we're eventually going to get it. I stand by the point that I hated the way Drew brought it up at the wine cellar because I think she made it as if it was solely Toya's problem. That being said, I absolutely believe that she's onto something and I don't believe for one second the way that Toya and Profit Lot tried to beat around the bush here. No, and I really think Candy was like laying down the law and the fact that they could give a straight answer to her when she was not even trying to cover it up or ask roundabout questions was pretty telling. Yeah, and then to end it all off when Toya takes the phone and asks who Ralph was in Florida with, I mean, that's when you see all of the other women say like, okay, now you're taking it too far. Like, honestly, this is the issue with Toya, I feel like, as it applies to this group. It's like, she's on their page to a certain level and then she just does something that just takes it too far. It's kind of like she's vibing with everyone at Shamia's house. Bam, she brings up 
uh, Kenny's custody agreement. And everybody's like, wait a second. It's kind of like a lack of social cues or something. I know. And she always is doing so well until she takes it one step too far. Yeah, I know. I think that, I don't know. Like, is it her trying to secure a peach? Is that actually what she's like? I don't really know. I know. Well, that was what I was thinking too, is like, she just wants to push the boundaries and say things that will shock people, maybe just to feel important or stir the pot. And I think she just kind of has no, gives zero fucks. Yeah. And you listen, I'm sure that as you're listening to this, you know somebody in your life that does things partially for shock value because that form of attention is kind of like their love language and you know it must be missing in some other aspect of their life. I definitely know people that do that. I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention from this episode? No. What a wild ride. And we got the reunion trailer, which looks really different is how I would say. It feels – just like a different energy. There's a lot of women there. Like I said, there's so many cast members and I don't know. I mean, I hope we're going to get some good answers. This was one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. Like, I don't know if it'll be good when we listen back, but I just had so much fun. I had the best time. (laughs) Me too. Okay. We're now going to cut to our conversation we had earlier today with Paige from Summer House. Like I said, Isabel and I didn't do any episode recap solo because we kind of just did the whole thing with her. We talked about everything kind of I don't even know. It was very back and forth. We had a structure going in and then it just turned into a full-blown conversation, right? Yeah. And she's not afraid to kind of spill on everything and give her two cents, which we really appreciate. And I think you guys will too. Yeah. And honestly, it was a good episode to have her because it wasn't the craziest. Like it wasn't the most drama-filled episode. So we could kind of take a deep breath. Yeah. And she was front row for all of it. Okay. We'll cut to that. We love you guys. See you next week. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to U.S. residents 18 or older, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15, 2024, void where prohibited. We are here with Star of Summer House and co-host of Giggly Squad, Paige DeSorbo. Hi. Oh, my God. What an intro. Star of Summer House. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy you're here. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for having me. I've followed you guys for so long. So even the fact that we're even all talking, it's like a pinch me moment. I have to tell you, your comment about Bolo when Hannah got engaged (laughs) is like one of my favorite ones we've ever posted. So I just have to thank you for that one. (laughs) You're very welcome. Sometimes things just come to me. How are you? How's the new apartment? Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. I've lived in a studio apartment for like five years and I Mm -hmm. literally just couldn't fit in it anymore. Like I, Mm -hmm. it was the worst. So I'm very excited. So thank you very much. 
Okay, so kind of the way that we want to do this is we want to do it less of an interview and more so kind of like you're just co-hosting this recap with us because we just watched the screener. Obviously, we weren't able to have audience submitted questions because they haven't seen it yet, but we kind of just want to talk to you about everything because we would love to hear your perspective. Okay, yes, amazing. First things first, before we get into the episode, and I guess this kind of does tie into the episode, but we just wanted to talk about Perry for a second. Let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you guys announced or you announced the breakup, I Mm -hmm. think around December on Mm -hmm. your podcast. And we've kind of seen this play out on the show. And I guess my first question is like, how is that for you watching it back, reliving the emotions that you were having in the moment? Wow. No one ever has ever asked me this question because- It was really hard for me to watch this season knowing like we weren't together and not because like, oh my God, I made the wrong decision or I missed him. But I felt really guilty that I didn't, that I wasn't like strong enough to end it before I went into the house. Mm. And like, I feel like it put him through a lot of unnecessary like exposure and insight into our relationship and which he really didn't want, which is why he's never on the show. Like he doesn't come to the house because, you know, he hates me. He just like didn't like the filming process, which like not everyone wants to be on reality TV. And I totally get that. So watching Mm -hmm. it back, I am, I was so mad at myself that I wasn't just strong enough to be like, I know I don't want this. Like, why am I stringing it along? But we were in the like we were in the middle of quarantine and we were having, you know, whatever type of issues in February and March. And we should have broken up then. And we almost did. And then quarantine hit and we were just like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Just like not speak when the world could like uh, is about to end. Right. Of course. So it got into like this weird we got into this weird groove where it ended up becoming like he was like a security blanket. And I, I feel like I mourned our breakup from like March all the way until I got into the house. Like I was like mentally, I feel like girl, that also happens to girls. Like I was just yeah, like yeah. mentally out of it. Mm-hmm. And then so when we got home, when I got home, I was just like, yeah, I just feel like I've been a different person this past six weeks. But I'm also, you know, everything happens for a reason. I feel like I needed that six weeks in the house by myself to realize like, yeah, I, I'm not being myself. Like this isn't the right relationship for me. I mean, first of all, it's interesting that you say the thing about him filming because that's mm-hmm. something that Isabel and I were actually talking about last week when we were saying, you know, clearly you were hurt by him, what it seemed like not putting in that effort. But we, what yeah. we were wondering is like, was that a fourth wall break that you couldn't necessarily make in your confessional to be like, yeah. also he doesn't want to be on camera, which like, yeah. like you said, that is fair. Yeah, and I've said so many times, like when I'm in interviews, I'm like, let me just break the fourth wall because I feel like people will understand a little bit more. And like, look, he is not a big partier. So like doing that type of house is not his vibe anyway, but it really, you know, and I think I started to get a little bit like, what's the word I'm looking like a little bit of resentment toward him because we started dating and I was already on the show and I was, I had done my first summer. So he knew what the vibe was he knew I was going to have to talk about our relationship he knew that like my job is like putting my entire life out there 
And so I felt like for him to not want to be a part of it in the least bit, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, but ne- but this is my job. You know, like I don't walk into your office and say, you should fire this person and you should do this. You know, I just, you know, right. so this is essentially you being like, you shouldn't do this. We felt the for- there was a fourth wall break that you couldn't make, obviously, but we mm-hmm. knew that. But I feel like a large part of the viewers probably didn't realize that and it just made him look like he had no interest in you when there was obviously this big part of it of like him just not liking the show in general yeah and like of course I look at Twitter and people are just like you know he doesn't want to be on the show like why are you giving him so much shit and I'm like I get it and I think he has that right to not want to be on the show but you can't then date someone who that is their life and expect it to be like roses and sunshine like it's gonna get messy there I'm getting gonna get pulled in two different directions and I really was because look I want to show my relationship I think that's a big part of who I am and you know especially like my later 20s like I'm very different dating now than I was when I was 25 and like flirting with Carl and I wanted to be able to show that part of me mm-hmm. so I just felt really torn and I started to really resent resent our relationship that I felt like I was being held back almost that is definitely like the vibe that I think I got and I think a lot of people got really like just this feeling of of being restrained in a way I would start to like pick fights with him that had nothing to even do with anything because I knew deep down I was like oh I'm just so mad about you and like holding me back with the show and I was like what if I got fired you know like what if they were like okay Paige you're so boring now like we don't care I would regret it for the rest of my life because like I love what I do I love being on Bravo like I love doing Summer House and it's totally changed who I am as a person and I wouldn't want to give that up just yet no I mean in a lot of ways it's a huge part of your identity which yeah bad about I mean so so many people feel that their work to be a huge part of their identity I think sometimes with these types of careers for people who have careers that are so different than that like his maybe Mm -hmm. it's hard to understand that you know it's this is your job Yeah. And I would say to him so many times, like, you, uh, you wanted to date me, like you asked me to be your girlfriend, like you knew that I was on reality TV, like I can't, you can't get mad that I'm, you know, I have to do this every summer that like, I'm going to be away for six weeks. Like, that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, like, I think, and you said this, obviously, that it was good for you to kind of be there by yourself in a lot of ways. And there was this level Mm -hmm. of independence. But just in general, like it is a shitty feeling when you're surrounded by couples who are seemingly so excited to be there together. Like I very much understand that level of isolation. I felt that for you. Yeah. And like Amanda is one of my best friends. You know, she's we're doing this like fake like wedding for her or like we're like planning a wedding and stuff. And Hannah's like falling in love Lindsay's like about to be back with her boyfriend we're meeting Robert for the first time like it was just so many different things happening and everyone was in like such a different stage of their relationship and I Mm -hmm. was like wait I'm in like an either further along stage in my relationship like you know and people just felt like they couldn't ask me about it or talk about it because he was just never there and never really a part of it yeah. You actually kind of make a, a good and unintentional segue to one of the questions I wanted to ask you from mm-hmm. last episode before we get into this one. When 
you went on the boat and Hannah and Des stayed back and Amanda and Kyle were talking in the kitchen mm-hmm. and Kyle made a comment to Amanda about like, oh, you know, I love when Paige is without Hannah. She's such a different person or something like that. I was curious both your interpretation and how you felt about that. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's a really good question. I had like mixed feelings about it because I know what my relationship is with Kyle and Amanda and I know what their relationship is with Hannah. So I feel like he meant it like twofold and look Hannah is when she walks into a room she is the star of the show like she commands a room she's always the funniest she's always the loudest and as her friend like I love watching her shine so I'm usually like a little bit more quiet because she's like doing all the jokes and I but I don't get mad at that because like you know I want to hype my friends up so like if we're in a room and she's the loudest one like I love that but also Mm -hmm. You know, Hannah doesn't drink that much. She's not a big partier. So when she's not around, I definitely, I let loose a little bit more because I know she's not like going to be doing shots with me the way Amanda is. And in that moment, like when we went to the boat, I was happy that she stayed back because I knew she'd be more happy with Des by themselves. Mm -hmm. And she had just come off of like fighting with a lot of people And I didn't have to worry, you know, do I have to have her back in any situation? Or like, is this going to be like, are we going to be fighting on the boat? And it was just kind of like a sense of relief that we were at that point, we were all really getting along. And we had such a fun day. You were thriving. Like even (laughs) and even when you came back, like when you were in that hot tub, I remember we said last episode, we're like, that was peak page. I think people like, yeah, because I never really look, because also like we're on TV. So I never really get that blacked out. But Mm -hmm. usually there's like a day every single summer where I'm just like, I am just gonna let it absolutely rip. And it usually (laughs) is like our last party. So no one like really sees it. Um, But I always give myself like one day filming where I'm like, I don't care. I'm blacking out. So that was my (laughs) day. (laughs) Honestly, it was amazing. Before we get into uh, the whole Hannah and Dead stuff, Isabel, I know you were thinking it too. Last episode when you were jokingly in the hot tub saying like, yeah, I don't know. I was going to hook up with Carl. Clearly it was a joke. We yeah. were saying you can't play with our hearts like that because we're <laughs> sitting here like <laughs> the biggest advocates for that. No, I was like obsessed with that. <laughs> I, oh my God. I mean, I have been attracted to Carl for so long. And so I feel like I was just, mentally I was like okay no like my relationship is over I would obviously never cross that line and like cheat on my boyfriend but like looking at Carl and like the way the sun was hitting him I was just like oh my god you are we were all (laughs) thinking it honestly and I, I think sometimes people forget like if you've never seen him in person he is a big man like no we don't forget he's like six five and like big so I don't know when I saw him on the boat I was just like oh my god you could literally throw me into the ocean and I would say thank you listen I always say that I mean I'm just for me it's so much about height probably too much yeah me too yeah yeah okay let's I was gonna ease in I was actually gonna start with Lindsay and Stephen but I kind of just changed my mind I want to get into the Jez and Hannah of it all and I have like a million different questions because I really want to get into the recap by the pool but the first thing that I guess I want to start with is when you guys were at the beach, Mm -hmm. I think it was you and Amanda were having the conversation saying that 
you felt it was a little bit kind of like performative for Luke in terms of the way that Hannah and Des were being. Do you still feel that way now knowing that how their relationship has progressed? I don't. I think, look, if I have a new boyfriend and some guy that like basically just dogged me out in front of all of my friends is around, better believe I'm going to also be making out with this guy in front of him. So, like, I think what Hannah did is what any normal girl would do. Like, look, other people want me and think I'm amazing. Like, you're the dumb one. Like, you're lost, basically. So, I I think, like, I think she definitely was doing it a little bit more just to prove a point. But her and Des, and I said it from the beginning because I know Hannah so well. And I know her personality when she would talk to different guys. And I'd never seen her act the way she did when her and Des like really started talking. I mean, Hannah doesn't do anything Hannah doesn't want to do. So the fact that like at nighttime she would leave our bedroom and like go into my closet and be in there for four hours on the phone with him. I was like, this is different. Like I've seen her talk to guys on FaceTime and be like, Oh, he's so annoying. Like I got to hang up. But like the fact that she wanted to always be talking to him, I knew it was different. It's so funny because one episode ago when you guys actually mm-hmm. met him for the first time, Isabel and I were saying on the recap, like in our minds, it was as if you had already met him because I feel like based on how much they FaceTime, you guys met each other yeah. on the phone so much that I forgot you hadn't actually met. That's yeah. like, I feel like the vibe of the relationship overall is I feel like they've been together for so long and he's they know each other so well. And then you have to remember, this is like one of the handful of times that they've hung out with each other is while they're filming this right which is also so like I don't really know how Hannah did it because I would be so nervous to know that like I've only really hung out with someone twice but like yeah they talked all like a lot of the time on the phone but like to bring him in to what we are in the summer is a lot of pressure like I don't know if I would have done it she had to really know like I really like this guy and I want to throw him into this and he can handle it to bring Mm -hmm. him in because there were even conversations that like her and I would have and she's like should I invite him for the weekend and I'm just like what if he gets here and you absolutely hate him you know (laughs) like then what are you gonna do that's scary. Like, I'm gonna have yeah. And there were so many times where I was trying to be like, I don't know, what if people are mean to him? And like, what if they fight? And she was like, Shut up, Paige, I'm doing it. And I was like, Okay. I think I would probably have to know someone and like even something as small as knowing their mannerisms in person down yep. to a science before I yeah. bring them in. So clearly there was something intuitively inside of her where she just knew and obviously she was right. And I think I was looking at it also from my perspective with dating Perry. Like, if he were to come for a weekend, I would be absolutely petrified. Like, there was part of me that was had, like, a sense of relief that he didn't want to be on the show. And I've mm-hmm. said it so many times because I was like, I don't know if I would be strong enough to put my relationship out there and have everyone comment it on it. Not just, like, my friends in the house, but, like, the whole, like, people watching it and tweeting. I don't know if I'm strong enough as a person, but mm-hmm. I think it... it it matters if you're with the right person. And I think Hannah just knew that Des was the right person. Cause like, look at Kyle and Amanda, they've been on for five years and gone through so much. And they still are like, we don't care what other people think. And I think that's great. I, I think it's great too. I just think, I mean, we talk about this all the time because it, it's not mm-hmm. just about relationships, just in general. And I mean, you know, it so well, like once you put yourself in the public, people are going to yeah. have opinions. And I think yeah. it's a hard thing to navigate always, not just relationship wise. Right. It, yeah, it really is. And people, I think, 
you know, not that I'm like Angelina Jolie at all, but like sometimes I'll get like a random message and I'll just be like, oh, that one hurt a little, you know, but it's, I I mean, it's just, I guess it's what you sign up for. I know. Um, Oh my God, I have so many questions. Okay. (laughs) Here, let let me start with this one before we get back to the house. And Isabel, I think you'll agree with this direction. When Luke and Hannah were on the beach and you didn't see it go down in the moment or you didn't hear it go down in the moment. Obviously, one, you saw her recap it at the pool, which we'll talk about. And then now having watched the episode, you've actually gotten to watch it back and see everything that went down. What did you think about that conversation? Like, how did you feel that Luke handled himself? Did you, could you understand where he was coming from? Look, I don't think Luke was ever jealous that Hannah was talking to somebody else. And I think in that moment, Luke was actually being the most truthful he's ever really been. He was like, look, I don't think like I'm going to go grab a beer with him. Mm-hmm. And I believed him. Like, but like, who would want that friendship? You know, like, I wouldn't want my new boyfriend to then be like, so such good friends with like someone I used to like, or someone I used to hook up with. So I, I felt like Luke was being really honest in that moment. And I think Hannah at that point was Luke could have said anything and Hannah was just so done with him. It didn't even matter. Mm -hmm. Like Luke could have been like, I think he's amazing. I think he's great. Like you guys should get married. And Hannah would have been like, you know, like you're lying or something. Right. Right. There's always that one guy that you're like, I want him to be jealous and I want him. And when he's not, you're like, what the heck? I feel like I dealt with it like a couple weekends ago. (laughs) (laughs) Why aren't you jealous that I'm with someone else? Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So when you guys get back to the house and Hannah, this was interesting for me. And Isabel and I literally haven't even spoken about it yet because we just watched Mm -hmm. the screener like (laughs) an hour ago. But I felt like Hannah's intention to talk about that with the group was kind of to, I don't want to say like collectively shit on Luke. I don't think it was malicious, her intent, but to kind of just reflect what had happened. And I don't think she expected that anybody would have pushback. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And then like when Amanda kind of came back at, not came back at her, but when Amanda kind of came back with her own interpretation of the situation, I guess the first question that I had is in this moment, so far what we've seen, I don't know what happens, but so far what we've seen, you didn't say a word. Yeah. So what were you thinking while that was all going down? I knew, I have a very good sense because I am so close to Amanda and I am so close to Hannah and they always sent some how miss each other when they're talking and I can see it happening. Mm-hmm. So I knew what Hannah's intention was when she was telling us because it, it was like she wanted all her girlfriends to be like, whatever, fuck Luke. But Amanda right. saw it and when she commented back, she was like, oh, well, I kind of got it. Like we didn't really get to hang out with you guys that much. I really believe Amanda is such a genuine and like such a good person. I really don't think that Amanda meant it to come for Hannah. I think she was just saying like, oh, like I kind of got it, but like whatever. But Hannah Mm -hmm. took that as, you know what? This guy put me through hell basically the past two summers. Like, how are you not going to like shit on him with me? Mm -hmm. But like we have shit on Luke plenty of times (laughs) in Hannah's defense. So I think it, it was really just the two of them like missing each other and thinking like the other one like was digging at each other. But I really don't feel like either of them were. It just is like how it played out. That's why I didn't say anything. Like a lot of the time I just like, I can't get involved. And like, 
I will stir the pot all day long or like I'll bring up an uncomfortable conversation. But when it really comes to like two of my really good friends, I freeze. Like I just, I become like a little girl on the playground and I'm like, I just like don't want to be involved in any of this. Yeah, I get that. I feel like Hannah was also, Des had just left and she was kind of being hypersensitive to anything anyone said about him, good or bad, and was trying to almost find that it was like a negative thing and be like, why are you criticizing him? Like, I love him so much. And it just turned into something that it really didn't need to. And here's the other thing. Like, we, they had fought all summer. Like, Kyle and Hannah, like, just got, just made up or, like, had just had their big fight. As much as you want to be like, okay, we made up, we're moving on, Hannah remembers everything. Like, Hannah will remember things from, like, three summers ago and be like, remember when he said that to me? And I'm like, no. How the fuck would I remember that? Like, so she, I think, holds on to things. And, like, it wasn't as they hadn't really gotten back to their friendship as it was before at that point. So I think anything negative anyone was even going to slightly say, she was going to take more negatively. Yeah, I feel like even though they made up, she still felt like they were coming from a malicious place no matter what they said, like coming at her with animosity. Yeah, and like I say this all the time, Hannah will forgive you, but she'll never forget the way you made her feel or like what you did to her. So it'll always be in the back of her head that like, okay, someone screwed me over once, they totally can do it again. I mean, something that I feel like we talk about a lot is you kind Mm -hmm. of have a little bit of an uncomfortable position because you're so close with both Amanda and Hannah and honestly, Kyle too. And so how do you, like, how is that for you? Because something that we always pick up on is we feel like you're really good at looking at the situation. And we say this all the time as the situation and not like where maybe your loyalty may lie. Because And honestly, I think that's credit to both Hannah and Amanda. They know they this season don't seem to get mad at you for handling it. They really don't. And here, I'll, One thing that people didn't notice, like my first summer, Hannah and Amanda were actually closer than Amanda and I were. And then, um, and I mean, Hannah and I were always close, but like they were really, really close. And then it just started, you know, that Amanda and I got closer because Hannah was with Luke a lot last summer and Amanda and I's friendship just really evolved. My biggest worry is like, I don't ever want one of my friends to feel betrayed or to feel like I'm being two faced and like, I'm going to go back and tell Amanda what Hannah's saying or vice versa. And so like when they're talking to me, I like very much have to put myself in the other one's position. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm talking to Hannah, I'm thinking like, okay, well, how is this affecting Amanda? And when I'm talking to Amanda, I'm thinking like, okay, how is this going to affect Hannah? So I am probably meaner to like the one that's talking to me because I'm like, okay, well, maybe she sees it like this and maybe she sees it like that. And, you know, a lot of the times I like keep my opinions to myself and because who wants to be friends with someone who like is calling them out every time they think they made a wrong decision? Like you just like, that's like annoying. So, (laughs) but I give a lot of the credit to Hannah and Amanda because they don't, anytime they talk to me, Amanda's especially it was always like look I never want you to feel like you have to choose like and you absolutely don't and I always felt like Hannah's problems were more with Kyle than they ever were with Amanda but they started to affect Amanda because that's her fiance so 
you know, and like during the winter and like the fall and spring or whatever, when I'm hanging with Amanda, we don't talk about Hannah. And when I'm with Hannah, like we're not talking about Amanda unless like some fight has happened. But if Amanda is confiding in me and says like, don't tell Hannah this, like I'm keeping my mouth shut. And same thing with Hannah. Like if she's saying like, don't say this to Amanda, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But I try and like, you know, keep the peace as much as I can. But it's really hard because I think, you know, I don't want to come off as like two faced because I'm really not. But like if there's something big like that, I feel like the other one needs to know, I will tell Hannah, like, I think this is fucked up what you did to Amanda. And like, I'm going to tell you that. And but there are rarely situations like that. There's maybe been like one or two that I've said to the other one, like, look, that is really fucked up and you shouldn't have done that. And I take her side in this. But like, I still love you. That doesn't mean I don't want to be your friend. So right. it's just it's hard. We had like a fight recently where I, I fully called Hannah out and Amanda got mad at me a little bit like during the fight. But I was like, look, Amanda, like I'm calling Hannah out. I think what she did is fucked up, but I can't you know, not talk to Hannah because of it. That's like your situation. Right. Of course. Which you'll see on the reunion. Oh God, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you mentioned Kyle, that's what I was going to say, because in this pool conversation, like mm-hmm. Hannah bringing up Kyle and Des's, you know, perception on him, that's also what escalated it a little bit with, with yeah. Amanda, because I think she feels really kind of caught in the middle as well. Because last summer, like Amanda really stuck up for Hannah in terms of like the Luke stuff. And, you know, I've been in situations where Kyle has said something rude or mean or something to Hannah or someone. And Amanda has really would stand up for Hannah. And then when it started to be like a Hannah and Kyle fight, there were certain times where Amanda felt very in the middle also. Cause she was like, you know, Hannah's my good friend, but this is my fiance. I'm going to marry him. I have to have his back sometimes Mm -hmm. and I think Hannah started to realize that too like I think you should but then Hannah was just like you know how is this even going to work if we fight all the time yeah well we got a little preview of that in the teaser for next week when it comes to the bridesmaid Mm -hmm. stuff that was a little bit I mean obviously we haven't seen it yet but just in that few second preview it's like a little uncomfortable to witness it was uncomfortable but It honestly, I think everyone acted so mature in that situation Mm -hmm. because, look, Hannah didn't expect to be in their wedding. She wasn't even invited for most of the summer. So (laughs) I don't think she felt like wronged by Amanda. And I don't think Amanda, you know, me being in their wedding, I don't think Amanda saw it as like a shot at Hannah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think so either. I think you're right. It wasn't an expectation. I think that would have been weirder. It would have been weirder. It would have looked like Amanda was like, you know, playing that, playing Hannah. Like it, it just, no one would have thought that Hannah would be a bridesmaid. Like that there's even Hannah. Yeah. I have one last Des and Hannah question that going back to the pool situation, did you find that criticism to be valid about wanting him to spend more time with the group? Or did you understand why, you know, they haven't seen each other and she would have wanted to be more isolated with him? I saw both sides. Like, we love partying as a group, which is why I would always want Perry to come and, like, be involved. Mm -hmm. But 
in terms of Des and Hannah, they, you know, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, like you don't care what your friends are doing. Like if you really like a guy, you're like, we are going to sit on the couch all day long and just like kick it with each other. So I get that. And I'm very much like that when I get into a relationship. So I completely understood that Hannah and Des wanted to just like hang out by themselves and be in this like love bubble. Mm -hmm. And also like no one is going to like influence the fun I'm going to have. So them not being at the boat day or like them being off in the corner making out, I didn't even think of it. I was like, okay, like why would I care? You know, I'm over here like taking shots with Sierra. Like I, it doesn't affect my day to day. Maybe that's me being like so self-centered. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't care. Like anyone else's decisions, if they don't affect me, like why would I care? So right. I totally get where Hannah and Des were coming from. Like they wanted to just like hang out with each other. But I also understood where Amanda and Danielle and maybe Lindsay were coming from because like they were also there with their boyfriends and like it's so fun to have all your girlfriends have their boyfriends there too and let's all like be together and see what it's like being couples. So I get that. I was I wasn't in a couple there and like in that situation so like I didn't care. That's what I was thinking because Emma and I were kind of going back and forth like, well, I see it both ways. This was one of their first couple times ever hanging out. Of course, I don't blame them for wanting to go off on their own. But then on top of it, like, you know, maybe he could have made more of an effort. But I think having all the other guys there, it was like all the boyfriends came the same weekend. The comparison just made it look 10 times worse. Right. Right. Which I don't think Hannah and Des maliciously were like, let's not hang out with them. I think it was more like they wanted to just like really be with each other. And Des doesn't drink. And Des has been sober for like 20 years. So him like coming on a boat and like us all being absolutely blacked out, like I, yeah, why would he not want to like sit by the pool with his new girlfriend? So I like, I got it. It was so minor. But that one moment when Danielle – and I really do not believe that she was doing this maliciously. I think she was just saying it and it happened to be a comparison. But when she said, you know, Roberts made an effort with the guys or something to that effect, you could see Hannah that kind of like set her off in a way because I think then she kind of viewed it, which I I understand how it happened on both ends. Yeah, absolutely. Like she – and also you have to remember too like Hannah's mindset. This is like the first – weekend she hasn't had like a like altercation with someone so I think she was just like naturally on the defense like are they like going to yell at me for yet like another thing so I think the way it came out she thought like are they trying to start a fight with me over this guy who I really really like like you're not going to say anything about him so I think she was just like I think she was just being sensitive but I don't think like, if she was like, yeah, we, sh- we probably could have, like, hung out with the group more. Everyone went- would have been like, yeah, and then, like, moved on. But mm-hmm. it's hard in the moment. It's hard in the moment, especially if someone's coming at, like, your boyfriend. I feel like – and Hannah's very much the type of person, like, say whatever you want to me. But if you're going to come at someone I really love, like, I'm going to I'm gonna get pissed. Yeah. What did you think about – the whole Lindsay and Steven thing specifically really this episode when they kind of decided to get back together because we kept saying to each other, like, are we just viewing this inaccurately? Cause we weren't <laughs> there, but this doesn't seem like that much of a change. Like how, what were you thinking? Cause you seem to just be processing. You didn't really weigh in that much. I have learned 
here's the other thing. I obviously want to comment on everyone's relationship, but the <laughs> fact that my boyfriend doesn't come to the house, I'm like, oh, I can't really say anything because people are going to be like, oh my God, Perry's not even here. Like, what are you talking about? So like, I keep my opinion to myself a lot of the time, but with Lindsay, Lindsay and I would talk a lot about Steven and her relationship. So I knew a lot of like the ins and outs of what was happening. And I mean, we would wake up in the morning and we would have coffee together. And like, she would tell me everything about how she was feeling. So when he came back to the house and no one said anything, I was just Mm -hmm. like, wait, we have listened to her talk about him and vent about him for weeks now. And now he's back and no one's going to say anything. Like everything's just fine. And like, I certainly wasn't going to be the first one to bring it up. I felt like that was very much like Danielle's place to talk to her and see if like she was okay. And like, if they were okay, I was fine with it. Right. I, in the beginning of the summer, when Steven like first moved in, I literally said, I give it two weeks of him being here and then he's out. I just knowing them as a couple and like being out with them, I just never saw them in it for the long haul. Like I think they were a good couple in terms of like they could go out and have fun together. And we always did have a lot of fun when I was out with them. But I just, I never saw them being compatible on like things that really mattered. You know, like really big deal breakers. I just didn't see Lindsay changing to like conform to what his personality was and vice versa. You know, Lindsay is very loud and she likes to party and she likes to have fun and she likes to be, you know, obnoxious and take her top off and like do whatever, but she's fun. Like, and some of those crazy traits are like why we love her so much. And he's a little bit more low key. And of course opposites attract sometimes, but I just felt like they were too opposite. And I would compare her and Steven to Perry and I a lot when her and I would chat. And I would just be like, you know, sometimes people are great people. They're just not for you. And that's okay. Well, don't you think in a way it was almost a blessing that they were in this really unconventional scenario together because they really got to see their, yes. mo- their you know, the areas where they really weren't compatible. Maybe that would have taken longer to come out if things were as normal. Especially because like when we were in the beginning of quarantine, I remember spending, I lived with Perry for like two, three months. And I was just like, wow, this was very telling. And they only spent like maybe like 15 days together. And so the fact that we were in the house for six weeks, I think it was absolutely played out the way it should have. I think she learned a lot about what she didn't want in a relationship. And I think that if they hadn't done that, they could still be together. They could have had a baby by now. Like they could be pregnant by now. So I think it really was a blessing that we lived together for six weeks because you really don't know someone until you're around them 24-7. It's so true. You really don't. Isn't that scary? It's so scary. It's so scary. scary. (laughs) Because I'm always the type of person that I'm like, oh my God, like I don't know if I want to move in with someone before we're like engaged. And then after living with Perry for like a couple of months, I was just like, what's happening here? Like, I feel way different. Yeah. I will say from the very little that we've gotten to see, I like Danielle and Robert together. What were your thoughts? I think Danielle and Robert will absolutely get married. 
Um, oh my God. That makes yeah, me so happy. He, he was so normal. He came into the house. He fit right in. He was so nice. He just like, it was like you didn't really even know he was there. Like that's how much he just like fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really like hung out with them one-on-one a lot, but I I feel like they're, they were just so happy and things just happened so naturally. Like they moved in together. Like they live together now and they had just started dating in July. So I just feel like they're just, it's very, it was very smooth. Like their relationship, I feel like has just been very smooth and very normal. Oh, I love that. Doesn't that make you happy to hear her say that? It's like, yeah, like, so they, just, like they just had, I, she had no doubts. Like, you know, like I dated Perry for a year and I was like, I don't know if I want to move in. And she was right. just like, yeah, like, why would I not want to move in with this person? I love him. And I was just like, oh my God, good for you guys. Yeah. And so he can cook you- so well. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, good for you, girl. <laughs> so what do you think is next for you specifically? Obviously, I want to ask professionally as well, but I'm speaking first right. just relationship wise. Like, do you have a, a vision in your mind of the type of guy that you want? And also, are there, is there any truth to the Craig rumors? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's, wow. A two-part question I love. Um the first part is I've only been single now for like six months. And I said when Perry and I broke up, I was like, I really want to stay single for a year, which I'm really sticking to. And I've mm-hmm. definitely been dating. Like I have gone out with a whole range of people. And a lot of guys are like really great. And I could see myself being their girlfriend. But there's like something in my gut that I'm just like, oh, I don't want to. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's really going to take someone to like sweep me off my feet that I'm like, I will change all of my plans for this human because I just really like my schedule right now. And I like my routine and like who I am. And I don't, for the first time in my life, I don't feel like I have to be with someone. I'm very much a relationship girl. Mm-hmm. And I, this is the first time in my life too that I've told guys like, hey, I'm seeing other people. So if you're cool with that, I'm cool with it. And I've been very like open and honest and like we can go out to dinners and have a lot of fun, but like I'm not trying to be your girlfriend in any capacity. So I'm just like really just like enjoying being by myself. And I feel like when it happens, I'll meet someone and just know like this is it. This is like who I want to be with. But I haven't met someone that I'm like ready to like tell my mom about. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I feel like yeah. the day I go out on a few dates with someone and I'm like, I can't wait to tell my mom about you, like then I'll be really excited. Um, but a lot of my girlfriends are in really serious relationships. So it is it is weird. But then I have a lot of girlfriends who are single. So I don't feel that much pressure. Like I can still go out with them. Um, in terms of the Craig thing, Craig is adorable. I think he's so cute. I've been friends with Craig for a while because he had come to the house a couple summers ago and I met him and we've always stayed friends. We actually have very similar personalities. And like, I feel like you build a bond with someone when you meet Mm -hmm. them and they're both on reality TV. Like you just naturally have this weird connection that like, you know, you can't explain. But I was in Charleston with my brother and his girlfriend and it just happened that Sierra was in New York. We were filming our reunion and I was like, hey, I'm getting on a flight to Charleston tomorrow. Like, do you want to come with me? And she was like, absolutely. 
So <laughs> we, I like texted Craig and I was like, we're going to be in Charleston. Like if you want to get a dinner or something. And he was like, oh my God, absolutely. I will plan the whole weekend. So like, obviously when your friends come to town, you're going to hang out with them. Yeah. So I think people saw us all out and like automatically assume like, oh my God, they're all dating. But it was really like we just get the four of us get along so well and have so much fun that it was very harmless. And, you know, I'm not dating Craig, but we're really good friends. That's really nice. I love yeah. Mary. <laughs> yeah, and Charleston is the most fun. Like we had the best time ever. We've been dying to go ever. We've been talking about it since um, Southern Charm started. Like, Have you ever been go. before? No. Have you ever been? Mm-mm. Oh my god! No, when you go, please tell me so I can go because (laughs) I can't. Like I can't explain it. We were gonna go to Miami for the weekend. I was like, it's just a lot down there. Charleston Mm -hmm. is like you're back in college and you're on like one street of bars and everyone's like out in the street drinking. It's like a tailgate. Yeah, yeah. It's just like effortless fun. I don't know. And the food there is so good. And Craig was a great tour guide. Oh, we got to go, Isabel. We'll get, we'll get Craig's guide to go, to Charleston and go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what's next for you, like, career-wise? What is your What are your aspirations in this moment? How are you feeling about how everything's going? I feel like you've really been blowing up lately. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Um, I – I don't know. I always feel I'm just like such the type of person where I'm like, I could be doing more. Like I watch my friends and I'm like, wow, you guys are killing it. Like I need to be better. But I, you know, obviously I love doing summer house, but I've really fallen into like, I love fashion. Like I really do. And of course I love doing front page news, but I just feel like I'm getting more pulled into like the fashion space. And I just... Mm -hmm. I had like a chat with Amazon about like really hosting my own segments and like my own hours where I'm just talking about clothes because it's really the only thing that makes me happy. That and like my mom's eggplant parm are the only two things that make me happy. (laughs) So um, I'm going to be doing a lot more with Amazon and like hosting and interviewing people who are having like fashion line comes out coming out through Amazon. And eventually I'd love to have my own fashion line because I worked a nine to five before I was on summer house and every single day I would go to work and I would have these insane outfits on. And I would just be like, I feel like there's no way to like girls to be able to dress trendy and not spend like a thousand dollars at Aritzia. Like there has to be a middle ground. And I've just always wanted a fashion line that was like, the level of trend that Victoria Beckham is, but the level of Zara affordability. So that's always been my dream. And I feel like in the next year, I'm going to really try and make something like that happen. But it's also hard because I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to start a fashion line. So you never know before you start, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I really have to like buckle down and make that happen because that that's definitely one of my goals. I'll wear everything that you make. So thank you so much. Like I'm just like envisioning like the perfect leather jacket, you know? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> like I, everyone needs it. I have a closet full of leather jackets, and I hate all of them. So if you can make me a good one, yeah, I will. Amazing. I have so many ideas. Well, we have just loved watching you, and obviously, love oh my talking god, thank to you. So you guys are so sweet. Thank and you for so doing easy this. to talk to. Oh my god, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.